Summer is right around the corner, and our minds are swirling with things like patio reservations, vacations, cottages, and of course how you might be able to afford any of that. Because sure, interest rates are stabilizing, for now, hopefully, and inflation's getting lower, but still stubbornly high for lots of things. It's understandable that Canadians are keenly watching prices of everyday items. So this episode, Scotiabank Consumer Products Analyst George Dumais returns to the show. He'll talk to Armina Lagaya from our Perspectives newsroom about the trends he's seeing in the retail space this summer, as well as where you'll see prices going up, where they're going down, and a look at the bigger picture. Plus, George tells us his favorite ice cream flavor, so you really don't want to miss that. I'm Stephen Maurice, and this is Perspectives. Now, here's Armina. George, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me back. Let's jump right into it. How would you sum up the state of retail in Canada right now as we head into the summer? What's top of mind for consumers and retailers? Yeah, look, I think generally speaking, let's start with the consumer. I think they're still healthy. They have a decent cushion of savings for tougher times ahead. The unemployment rate is low by all standards. Most recently, the housing market is showing signs of a recovery. And mortgage and credit delinquencies remain pretty low despite higher borrowing costs. But, and you know, there's always a but here, that the recent survey data shows that Canadians are more and more concerned about a recession. There's a lot of uncertainty, especially if their interest rates stay higher for longer. Mm. You look purely at the numbers, Canadians are still spending. The latest retail sales data shows core retail sales. So those are sales excluding gas and autos. They're up month over month in March. They're expected to be up in April. That would be the fifth consecutive increase. So it looks like things are good for the consumer. Wow. Oh, yeah. For retailers, not so good. They're still in a bit of a tough spot. You know, you're seeing high levels of inventory. They're navigating their way through that today. Consumers are more cautious on spending. If you look at the discretionary piece of the pie, they want experiences. They like going out, dining out, they like traveling. And I think that's going to continue to benefit from that. So we're probably the seventh or eighth inning through that experiences tailwind. But as far as I'm concerned, experiences over goods is continuing, at least for now. It's really interesting because you're saying that the consumer and their ability to spend is pretty healthy, which is sort of in contrast to what we're hearing a lot about, like looming recession, the impact of inflation and higher interest rates. So maybe I wanted to dig into that a little bit more. Is the inflation or the cost of goods or higher interest rates, meaning maybe higher mortgage payments, less discretionary spending, is that having an impact? It is starting to have an impact. You know, we're seeing it with the high ticket items. But I would say what it is, is just there's still that pent up demand after the pandemic. People really want to travel. You look at Air Canada, they've got really long lists of demand for the summer months. Restaurants remain booked as well. I want to go back to a, a phrase that you use, a nice baseball reference there, eighth inning of experience. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, sure. You got to think that, you know, once the summer is over, they'll start to come in. They start to see a little bit of the pinch as the kind of weather gets a little bit cooler. Restaurant demand maybe slows down a bit. So I don't know that it's going to last forever. But it's certainly showing no signs of abatement, at least not now. Another thing consumers are obviously looking at is the price of goods. Can you give me a quick rundown of what's up and what's down? Yeah, sure. And look, it may not appear this way, but inflation is actually trending down. Consumer price index for April, it was up four and a half. That's down compared to the last few months. So food, gas are all down. Interest rates are up. So mortgage expenses are up. Auto loans are up a little bit. Rent growth is not slowing. Mm -hmm. The inflation on goods, that's probably the positive here. It's come down quite a bit. So last we spoke, it was up eight, nine percent. Now we're about four percent. So you're seeing that kind of debate a little bit. Mm. Sporting goods, toys, games, hobby supplies, they're up three to four percent now. They were five to six plus percent before. 
durable goods. So, you know, cooking appliances, fridge, washing machines, dryers, dishwashers, they're all down. So actually seeing some deflation. So if you're looking for larger ticket items, now is probably a good time to buy. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, there are some items that are still going up in price. And that's linked to the return from the office. Cosmetics, and that's an interesting one. Prices are actually have accelerated. They're up over 9% this month versus, oh, wow. yeah, closer to 6 to 7% since we last spoke. Mm-hmm. And look, I know food is an area of interest for a lot of time. You know, last time we spoke, it was around the holiday season. So the good news is prices for food have moderated. So proteins, beef, pork, they're up mid single digits. I think it was closer to high single digits when we spoke. Dairy products are down. Fresh fruit and vegetables are up high single digits. They were up teens earlier. So there's some abatement in the price of food. And I think that's expected to hopefully come down even further as we lap those higher prices. Wow. So like food and sporting goods, big appliances, those are down. Cosmetics, luxury bags, anything basically that looks good as you venture out of your house are (laughs) up essentially. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think, you know, it's funny because we're seeing the success on either end of the spectrum. So the high-end luxury and the low-end discount. So the high-end luxury, we've seen really strong financial results from LVMH. They're really high-end clothing apparel. Also, high-end champagne, whiskeys, alcohol, and spirits, they've been doing really, really well. Interestingly, wines and luxury watches have actually outperformed many of the equity markets kind of over the short to longer terms. They've done really well. How long that's going to last, I don't know, but that's an interesting call. And you look at low-end discount, you know, Dollarama, it's a Canadian dollar store operator. It's a real big success story. They've gained share across many categories from, you know, consumables, seasonal products, general merchandising. And that's only accelerated as the times have become more and more challenging. So it feels like companies in the middle perhaps have struggled a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, you do see that with some of the announced store closures we've seen in Canada and the U.S. And I would say those are companies kind of more in the middle mm-hmm. of the pack. You kind of touched on it, but I wanted to go back to something you said earlier about high inventory. Because, you know, obviously early on in the pandemic, we were seeing quite the opposite. Supply chain woes, empty shelves, But now you're saying there is some high inventory that retailers are dealing with. Could you walk us through a little bit what's going on there? Yes. Essentially, supply chains got better, maybe a little bit quicker than expected. So you've got quite a bit of inventory coming quicker. The demand for certain products may not necessarily be there. And those are, again, as I mentioned earlier, the higher ticket items. You look at apparel, that's come down quite a bit. The manufacturers have shut down capacity. Mm -hmm. There are some retailers that took early action, like Walmart and Target. They've reduced most of their excess inventory. Mm -hmm. So they will face less pressure as they discount their goods. Many other retailers, I think, are in the process of reducing inventories. Nike and Adidas are still working on lowering their inventory as well. We've seen some progress there. And maybe using another baseball analogy, I think we're in the late innings of inventory reductions. But restocking the inventory, that's more of a question of demand. And that's really a lot harder to predict. Now's the time to get the deals. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for certain items, definitely. Again, like casual wear, I think it'll do well. If you're in for the hard goods, if you're in for the high price point discretionary items, the fridges, the stoves, it's definitely a good time for that. Mm -hmm. So another factor that seems to be influencing retail is what's happening on the work front. So on one hand, we're seeing layoffs in sectors like tech, but then also for those who are employed, more of them are going into the office in person more often. So can you break down what impact those sorts of factors are having on the retail sector? Yeah, look, I think first off, just to give a little bit of context, I mean, I think tech is a pretty small part of the economy. It's close to 3 to 4% of total jobs. And if you look at last year, year-over-year comparisons, tech jobs are still pretty strong. They've had a 4% growth. Looking at big picture, the labor market, as far as I'm concerned, is pretty healthy. There's been just under a million new jobs created when compared to pre-pandemic levels. 
The unemployment rate is currently at 5% in Canada. That's near an all-time low. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's been quite a bit of layoffs that you hear about those big tech companies, but arguably they probably expanded a little bit too quickly during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of isolated to certain areas. Other than that, I mean, I think jobs are pretty strong and the return to office, I'm not really sure it's got to do it so much with the stats as much as it has to do maybe with some customer buying patterns. And, you know, we spoke about cosmetics, maybe some increased traffic in some of the food courts, which has been kind of non-existent, which could help some of these QSR companies as people return to lunch. So those are probably some of the bigger trends we're seeing there. What's a QSR company or what does that mean? Quick serve restaurants. You know, that's the fast food guys, the McDonald's of the world, the, you know, the mm-hmm. Tim Hortons, the Burger Kings. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that we've been seeing over the past few months are store and retail chain closures. Can you tell us what's happening there and maybe what you see ahead? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I think in general, times are getting tougher and companies are looking to cut their losses. They're looking to refocus on their home country or not really make investments where investments were maybe needed back in the day. So, you know, you look at Nordstrom, they're exiting Canada. We're also seeing Full Locker closing about 200 stores. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, retailers that have kind of underinvested e-commerce are facing increased competition from the likes of Amazon and other retailers who have built a pretty successful omni-channel. So it's been tough. And you've seen that with Bed Bath & Beyond. I think they've had their struggles because of that. Hudson Bay has also struggled to generate traffic. Mm-hmm. They're tapping their discount brand, Zellers. You know, whether it's nostalgia, novelty, or value it can attract traffic, that remains to be seen. But I mean, so far... It's been good for them to reinvent themselves. I think they're opening 25 new stores. So again, they were in the middle of that pack I spoke about earlier, Mm -hmm. and they haven't really invested in omni-channel and e-commerce as much. I'm going to ask another question about (laughs) terminology. What is an omni-channel? So omni-channel is basically, you know, you invest in bricks and mortar. You also invest in online, but it's multi-channel and you make the experience good for the consumer. So they do walk into the store, they can use tech, you know, an aisle search to find their products on their mobile app would be a good example. So some companies do that really well, but it's essentially bringing bricks and mortar and online together. Mm-hmm. What do you think are the major takeaways from where retail is in Canada right now? I would say in general, it's a bifurcation like we're seeing. The landscape has been successful for companies that are well positioned to, I guess, have an omni-channel presence, have a, a strong online channel mm-hmm. to do it well in that sense. I think the consumer has been healthy, has been buying. The focus has been a lot on experiences mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the COVID items that they bought. So, you know, you can only buy so many treadmills and kayaks, you know, power sport items. But I think it's a matter of, I guess, redefining yourself. Now, obviously, we're all excited to be thinking about the summer and the warm weather and don't want to be thinking about the winter. But it is the holiday season that is the big one for retailers. I wonder if there's anything we can take away from what's happening right now that we can cast forward. Uh, It's a little bit difficult. Look, there's a lot of moving parts. I think a lot of it hinges on interest rates. What do interest rates do? If they remain elevated for longer, that could cause a little bit of pressure on the housing market mm-hmm. and that could cause a little bit more pressure on unemployment, which in turn will stop spending. And so you could see tougher times ahead. The bright signs are if inflation continues to come down and normalizes and goes back to that kind of 2 to 3% range, hopefully we can see rates come down. That can extend, I would say, the consumer sentiment and that could really help with you know future purchases down the road. Okay, final question and the most important. With summer almost here, what's your go-to Ice cream flavor. <laughs> um, chunky monkey. Chunky monkey. I'm going with the classics, banana, chocolate, and walnuts. That's a good choice. <laughs> okay, well, thanks again, George. I think we'll leave it there. We really appreciate you coming back on the show. It's a pleasure. I've been speaking with George Dumay, an analyst in equity research who covers the consumer sector at Scotiabank. 
The Perspectives podcast is made by me, Armina Lagaya, Stephen Maurice, and our producer, Andrew Norton. And Andrew, since you made me ask our guest for his favorite ice cream, you now need to tell me yours. Anything peanut butter. How about you? Cookie dough. That's a good one. And what about choice of cone? What do you go with? Waffle all the way. Waffle all the way. I am in full agreement. And have you ever done this? You put the marshmallow in the bottom of the waffle cone to prevent leakage and to give you a nice little treat at the end of the ice cream. I have not, and that is a next level hack. See, finally, our audience can learn something this episode. <laughs> For a transcript of this episode, visit scotiabang.com slash perspectives. We'll see you next time.